This presentation is from Design Research 2020, Day 1. But I would like to uh, welcome Benson. We'll get him up. There we go. So, Benson, you're now at REA. Um, let's, let's hear from you on, on scaling music UX research in that organization. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Uh, I just want to make uh, another um, thanks to the whole team uh, in the current circumstances. It's been amazing that we can actually do this. Um, I'm sure that's been uh, challenging uh, for Steve and Annabelle and all the rest of the UX Australia team. Um, but I think it's um, gone great so far and been a great list of speakers um, to, um, until probably me, but oh, there we go. Um, thanks, Benson. So the, the, I think the, the idea um, of scaling and operationalization, the UX research teams um, in the past has always been interesting. I definitely, uh, this has done it a couple of times um, and I've tried to do it um, at least twice now. Um, I feel like there's a lot to do, um, but I want to give a bit more of my background and also uh, the current context as well, what, what I'm going to talk through. So um, my name is Benson Lowe. Uh, I'm the current UX research manager for RA Group. Um, but the work that I'm going to share today, it actually um, cuts back 12 months ago. So before I even started at REA. Um, so the work was started by others, uh, which I'll um, definitely contribute to. Um, but it is an interesting journey. It is uh, also a presentation about the context of this work for this organization as well. So um, your mileage may vary in terms of what you take away from it, but it is, I feel like um, it, it, does, it definitely resonates with um, a lot of other organizations I've talk, spoken to. So um, here's a quick snapshot of what to expect. Uh, so, um, Essentially, these are the six findings uh, or learnings that we will go through in depth. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about um, you know, how the one-way mirror is gone, essentially no more labs. Um, looking at um, empowering others um, from a you as a research perspective. Um, great that Benjamin talked about repositories because uh, when we first started um, 12 months ago, there was definitely much more rarer, but we'll go to the details in that. Um, talk about governance uh, as a full-time job as researchers. Um, mobile first uh, research being uh, the priority thing that we want to start with um, for our research activities uh, and research prioritization and also looking at partnerships and how we actually grow the team. Um, so like I said before, this is our journey. Uh, with that, I actually do want to talk through the RA group um, and um, why this matters for us. So we are uh, the number one Australia's uh, first uh, properties portal website. So the IRA group, you might probably uh, better known as uh, realestate.com.au. Uh, we have been around for 20 plus years, um, starting back in a, in a very small um, suburb in Doncaster. But uh, this is, uh, the picture when we first started 25 years ago. So the, the, the notes um, that we have back then was essentially that we were cutting out photos uh, from newspapers and then scanning them and posting it online and essentially sharing those photos as uh, ads from newspapers. So uh, it's amazing that we've grown so fast, so quickly, um, but also it's amazing to 
to know that this is now a global business. Um, we've gone from, you know, back in the days of, you know, a handful of people to more than, uh, than 1,500 people around the world. Um, we've grown uh, to be a global company um, with different investments in different countries. Um, but, but, but with that, there's, a, there's been a lot of um, opportunities um, for us to transform how people experience uh, property. Uh, this is just a quick coverage of uh, the countries we've uh, covering. It provides you with a with a concept uh, with the idea of. I just got to go back to that one. That the main market that we have is Australia, um, and the other the other key markets that we have is probably Malaysia and Hong Kong. Um, but our investments arms in uh, the US and India and as well as Indonesia um, and Thailand that we, we've been working pretty pretty globally across the world. Um, just to give them more context. So we're here to help people across uh, their property journeys. So people looking for purchasing a property in our property search, uh, getting property insights, uh, um, looking into home loans, uh, and getting into uh, professional tools. So if, when I talk about property search, quite thinking about um, buying, but we definitely do rent. We look, definitely look at people to get investments um, and obviously looking at supporting our um, property uh, agents in terms of uh, getting a lot more leads. Uh, while, while we're at it as well, we have immense amount of exposure for our visitors as well. Um, at the back of this, uh, it is supported by 50 uh, design researchers and um, designers, researchers and, and UX writers. Uh, this has been a growing, organically growing team. Um, and we've been working pretty hard to make sure that we are creating a capability that can support uh, the, the global uh, property assets that we have, but also making sure that we have a great experience as well. Um, now, thinking back when I first joined, uh, just less than 12 months ago from Australia Post to REA, um, the team has always had researchers. Uh, one of the most interesting thing is that one of the reasons why we are looking at um, establishing the capability and scaling it up um, is because in the past we've done great research, but we haven't supported as much as we can with uh, the rest of the teams uh, requiring our help. So although there's uh, a lot of designers, um, the research team has been, I would say, um, a supportive, if not um, short on hands in amplifying how we others can do research. So when I'm talking about scaling our research practice, we are talking about um, supporting functions like product, designs and tech. Um, and in order for us to do that, we actually have to have systematic tools and process in place to actually do that. Um, with exciting new ventures and problems, um, our, our teams have had increasing demands. Um, as we speak, we've, we've been trying to balance uh, the, the demands coming through and trying to prioritize the work we do. But in, this, in the same sense, we're also looking at, at better opportunities to improve our practice and amplify how we impact our business uh, from an insights perspective. When I'm gonna talk through the next uh, six core learnings that we've done in the past 12 months that, uh, that we've started to apply. I'm going to talk to two of these. So how we did the research um, on, on actually both internally and externally, and also 
by that learning, how we actually then um, change our practice at RA. The learnings that we've got uh, from our friends and communities were through one-on-one uh, -on -one interviews, uh, we've visited their offices, um, and, and definitely uh, done internal reviews with our stakeholders as well as surveys and interviews with uh, key stakeholders, um, and obviously defining the opportunities for realestate.com.au's uh, opportunities. Um, and then the other key, key parts that we'll go through is how we've been doing it in the last um, you know, six to eight months that I've been here um, trying to set up the process and revitalizing some of the tools um, and hopefully that we can um, advocate for better values on how we do better research. So who do we talk to? We talk to 20 plus companies uh, from these industries. Um, they've been very open um, about sharing their ways of scaling up research, but also how they've been growing their research as well. Um, so the process has been um, getting connection with them, trying to understand how they've worked. We've done the interviews uh, mostly in person and some have been remote. Um, and from there, analyze uh, and generate the insights from what we've uh, learned from those to aggregate how most people have been, been sharing their um, growth from a UX research perspective. So one of uh, the first learnings that we um, got into straight away was um, the emergence of all the tech that we have from streaming and tools like we've, we've talked, about, talked about across um, the other presenters this morning has shown there's um, less and less requirement to have your traditional uh, reverse mirror labs. The, the flexibility of you know online tools has potentially make the one-way mirror disappear in most cases. I still remember back in the days when I was working in other organizations where uh, we would literally sit behind the mirror, uh, observing where people um, are you know, testing our tools um, and having, having to see the mirror and assume there's people behind, behind there as well is mostly gone. Um, so when we did this, when, when we look at our own space, um, we definitely have a dedicated space, um, but we never had it uh, set a one way mirror anyway. Um, so we've started to do a lot more uh, remote research. The other issue that we've always been um, challenged with is um, accessing uh, participants across Australia because everyone have uh, a way, a, diff a slightly different way of looking at property within Australia and also different markets. Uh, that's always been quite difficult for us to um, access uh, all the different um, contexts and different um, uh, ways that people are looking into property. So that makes this a ongoing challenge for us. Um, the other thing is there are um, tools that we've been using before, but there's been challenges in terms of how effective that recruitment, uh, a quality of recruitment has been, um, and, and also cost prohibitive to, to maintain as well. Um, so we've been looking at reviewing all the tools that we have from unmoderated to moderated um, and making, making um, a dedicated improvement on that as well. So introducing remote research, almost all moderated research projects uh, have now, I would say in the last three to four months, uh, have remote uh, uh, and in-person combinations. Um, so this means that we've been able to access key markets like Sydney and Brisbane, 
um, because we're based in Melbourne with less physical uh, travel. Um, that also means that we can reach out to even further places like Perth, Adelaide, um, with different time zones as well in our different countries that we may support. Um, we've also improved our recruitment criteria where we almost um, enforce um, how we want to make sure that we reach out to different markets, consider different regions and different time frames and time zones uh, for specific participants. Um, the other one is Zoom, like we're using right now for this presentation. It has been a widely used tool for the organization, uh, which means uh, not only is it going to be uh, easy for us to start using it straight away, but it's relatively simple for most participants to access. Um, but just as much that we haven't um, noted here is our own stakeholders and our team members that use Zoom on a daily basis. They can um, come and observe uh, or potentially participate in note-taking as well in, in the process. The next learning I'm going to talk about is um, how we're going to empower others um, by having um, better user research cap um, capabilities. So a lot of the things that we do at IRA at the moment has been trying to understand um, how we can free up more resource capacity so people uh, like ourselves can be focused on strategic pieces. Um, that, that's the same learning for many other organizations is um, how can they enable others to do their own uh, research, mostly, um, as for example, usually testing, um, and then have a, I would say, strong and consistent process for them to outline briefs and then enter um, high quality research to inform their own stakeholders as well. Um, so for RIA, the opportunities has been about um, focus to be more strategic. Um, the designers want to do more of this. We want to do more of this. And also some of the product um, managers that we've spoken to also want to do more discovery. Um, but the challenge has always been that we haven't had the capability in place nor enough researchers to help them do all that. Um, the other challenge we've had is designers, while comfortable doing evaluative research, um, they've had challenges getting the process right. So we've needed to improve the way that they conduct their research across the board. Um, the other thing is the challenge of prioritizing our research is often a balancing act um, and whether we do the requirements from a lot of a lot more kind of user testing, usable testing, validation type research. Um, how do we then balance more important discovery projects as well? That's always been a balancing act, and we've never had a way to help us prioritize which ones to do um, that better. So how we're doing now is we've been setting out standards for our designers to run their own research, uh, while we have um, templates such as research briefs. Um, criteria, uh, mod guides, note-taking, um, um, training, and also research reports and so forth to help um, not only get them to understand what is uh, required, but what is standardized. Um, but with those templates, it doesn't just you know, uh, self-explain, but we have to provide um, key rituals and ceremonies in order for us to maintain a level of quality. So when I'm talking about that is you know, enable things like research kickoffs. How do we help them kick off their research, uh, how do we advise them at the very start? Um, and how do we actually provide feedback from a retrospective from every research project that they do um, and include peer reviews and how they might uh, improve their ways of doing research um, in the, in the, with critiques as well. Um, the other part is you know, providing 
more self self serve um, things such as research playbooks. It helps them align to methods. Um, the impact uh, will be a stronger approach and clearer outcomes when they have a way of understanding base basic requirements. Uh, these playbooks are not just uh, I would say a description. They are you know, pretty much a step by step way of you know almost like a cooking cookbook in terms of how do you get to that um, um, outcome. I think the outcome here is important, why research is being done and how the insights is going to contribute to improve our customer and user's experience. Um, I, I feel like a lot of self-service tools um, that we are trying to do is always trying to see if we can contribute to the outcomes. Um, and this is just some, some part of it, of it to improve that. Uh, research repositories are rare. So um, what the, one of my questions I had asked Benjamin just now is that you know, almost 12 months ago when we first started doing this with the 20 plus organizations we've spoken to, um, most of those organizations we spoke to didn't actually have a really well adopted uh, research repo in place. Um, they are definitely maybe in the last 12 months um, has set it up, um, but it's been a very um, challenging uh, space for many organizations if they're not large enough or have enough investment into this space. So. Um, the conversation with HEP is is pretty low back in those days. Um, it's a similar process with RA. Um, we've had research registers, um, not so much as a repository, but more so as a place where uh, when research has been done in the past. Um, but what we found is that uh, people actually didn't know where it lived. Uh, it wasn't really centralized. It might, uh, it's more like, a, uh, I would say, uh, registers within silos. Um, uh, different teams will have their own different registers. Um, which means um, there's little, little alignment um, to, to make sure there's a single point of uh, source of truth. And the other part is uh, research is also stored very differently at of different teams. Um, some people um, put it onto our wikis or, or onto, our, um, on, onto our different tools such as Trello, um, and potentially even different uh, photo structures as well. Uh, this hides limits to uh, access when people are looking for past research. Um, and this includes um, people who aren't researchers doing research. Um, and Benjamin talked about this as well. So it, it's reliant upon those that did the research and most likely some of the research team members have done it, that host most of the IP uh, of the context of um, past research, but also that it, it, is, it does create a, a overhead and risk uh, when it does happen um, when people do leave the organization. So what we're doing about it is we are um, actively working on a repository right now. Um, it, we want to make sure that the teams can actually access it. It is still pretty much a work in progress. We haven't actually um, shared this with the wider uh, organization yet. But before we started doing that, uh, we had to kind of really define who is it for and why do they actually need it. Um, We've been essentially defining needs, and this is a work in progress to consolidate other insights from, from other teams as well, such as market research or analytics. Um, can they uh, join this repository as well? Because they are all insights in different formats. Um, trying repositories with, uh, with different options, we, we've been doing that. Um, definitely things like Dovetail and EnjoyHQ is something we've been investigating um, and integrating into our core uh, research uh, ops process. So. When we do research, uh, when other people do research, how do they actually contribute to this? Uh, is that a step? Um, do we, how do we actually define uh, taxonomy? How wide do we want to make sure that taxonomy is shared? 
um, and how frequently and how, how will they want to access it as well. So those are the things we're still working through, but um, it's definitely a, I would say, a marathon, uh, not a sprint to get this done. The next thing I'm going to talk about is governance. Uh, it is definitely a full-time job. Um, it's clearly many, many things around uh, operational. This is part of uh, governance, it's part of operational. Um, it puts a dedicated uh, way in terms of understanding what uh, we can do to assure process is there. We've got quality assurance, um, ethics is being managed and so forth. So it takes a dedicated team, if not a person full time to uh, oversee this. Um, the learnings that we've had from the different organizations has been um, large organizations such as LSN has a really strong research ops in place. Um, but many kind of defer theirs being uh, whoever the researchers are also are research ops people. So it, 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 was, it was pretty much similar for IRA um, when we first uh, looked at it. Um, there, there was minimal uh, kind of process in place where uh, design communities and research had, uh, had, had to essentially struggle to manage um, what was agreed um, steps and, um, and consistent um, activities that need to take place. Uh, recruitment was always and how has always been a challenge in terms of managing it with ourselves, account managers, marketing teams, uh, to make sure that we have access to what we call customers, um, which are referred to as property agency roles uh, at RA. Um, that is often uh, a challenging uh, part that we always work, need to work through. Um, and counter ops is uh, research job is a, such a critical role. It's so time consuming. Uh, recruitment to planning to managing tools to uh, to doing uh, all the things that is um, maintaining uh, quality research for across the board for organization um, takes a lot of our capacity. So um, process improvement is probably a, a key thing that we need to get right. So what are we trying to do? So as I mentioned before, I, I feel like things like research brief is uh, such a critical thing that um, that we didn't do it in the past. So when someone does uh, a research piece, we want to make sure that there's absolutely a brief. Um, what that means, for example, it makes sure that they are doing this for, for real good reasons. There are clear objectives and outcomes that they're hoping to achieve. Um, not only are the designers as um, other presenters have shared in the past um, are just trying to validate their own designs, but we want to make sure that the product teams and, pro and other stakeholders are also across the research that they, will, they have shared outcomes. Um, the common request has been um, completing uh, out the research, but we are often want to make sure that the research hasn't been also recently done as well. So that's the other thing why we do a research brief. Um, improving recruitment uh, has been uh, the obvious thing that we, we did straight away when we first uh, try to reset some of these process in place for our governance, um, making sure there's a consistent approach and process and everyone is clear and aligned on how we do this um, and remotely connecting with participants is the other part that we've added to this recently. Um, collaborating with our sales and account managers, making sure that they have, uh, we have increased access, but also they are very supportive um, on how we might um, as we develop a customer panel. The other thing when we talk about um, having time for this is making sure that we provide uh, capacity for ourselves to actually do this better. Uh, one of the things that uh, we undersell uh, as a community is how much time research ops does take uh, if we don't have dedicated uh, team members 
um, to do this. So make sure that we actually plan out the times we need to actually do this right. Um, because the last thing we want is these activities to uh, not be uh, achievable, but it impacts quality of research. So we're doing this uh, on a progressive way, uh, improving our research framework as we go. And we're still iterating as, um, as our team members um, can, can, um, can share it. One of the, the most surprising thing is uh, mobile first research is on the rise. I always thought uh, back at Australia Post, this was always been um, a given. Um, but uh, talking to many organizations, um, they've, they've started to focus more on research first, uh, so mobile first design. But unfortunately, a lot of research is still desktop based uh, for whatever reason. Um, and the necessary things that they need to change about, um, and also design and prototyping also needs to be supported as well in order to make sure that more office research is, on, uh, is actually um, thought about. So it's, it's, it's really um, a different perspective, um, but we have also been looking at how RA has been doing it. Um, the desktop focus is an interesting thing for RA as well. Um, when I first joined uh, RA, there has been a long period of time before we've actually done a mobile benchmark. Uh, that was surprising to us. Um, and since then, we've, um, we've definitely uh, prioritized that. Um, market have changed. Um, this is, makes, it, makes it a way better reason for us to make sure that we focus on this is more than half that of our visits to our uh, in the property portal is mobile. So whether that be on an app or on the browser, um, the, the consumer uh, coming to us are looking at rent properties and, and, and our pages has mostly been mobile. Uh, the other tools in the past that we've been using this um, may be limited. We didn't just have enough to go around. So that's the other thing as well that we want to make sure that we set up that all the designers have access to the right tools in order for them to do uh, and test their designs and do usability testing. Um, so the first thing we did, as I mentioned just previously, uh, we kicked off the mobile benchmarking uh, mid last year uh, to baseline all the core uh, usability uh, tasks that we've uh, want to focus on and then uh, compare to the uh, best in class in the market as well. So we've, we've been able to really get a lot of buy-in and making sure that our designers and product teams are focused on getting mobile first, not only from uh, a design perspective, but also from a research perspective. Um, the, the concepts has been um, now coming fast and, and thick you know, from a mobile first design. So that's been an easier pathway uh, for us to, to test mobile uh, designs. Um, and we've rolled out a lot of uh, tools for our designers to make sure that, um, and also uh, instructions in terms of how they might set up uh, mobile testing. The next thing is um, something that we're actively still working on, um, strategic uh, prioritization approach and partnerships. So what we learned uh, from talking to the 20 organizations um, has been, there's, there's been a very difficult um, challenge where, prop, uh, where people haven't been prioritizing to company strategy. That's where I would say, uh, you know, re research teams have often um, stagnated. So the idea has always been how do we prioritize to company strategy to product roadmaps to business priorities um, to ensure that the right research is to get stuff. Um, and this resonates very much so to what Lisa talked about earlier uh, is to make sure that the right um, effort is, is being focused on the right risks 
um, but also uh, focus on value to the organization. Um, we also found similar things at REA. So getting uh, good direction um, is something that's, that we've always had. So we've always, always had a very clear purpose on how we um, are changing the way people experience property. Um, but one of the things that we've been uh, working with is we need to align, be clear to our key pillars in terms of property advertising, lifestyle and finance services, and from a global uh, perspective as well. Um, so the UX research area has not been immediately clear how this aligns. So we've been working pretty much um, in the last 12 months to make sure that we are prioritizing all our efforts to these uh, company strategies. Um, the, the ways that we've been doing it is essentially sitting down with each product area in terms of how uh, they are planning their quarterly OKRs, uh, managing how they might need support, and then from us managing capacity and how we might support them. Um, in order for us to actually support that, we need to actually grow our team. Uh, so there's only so many uh, hours uh, that we have. We've been um, progressively growing our team to make sure that we are able to meet the, the demand. Uh, so we are actively looking into doing that. Um, but really looking to the future is building partnerships. So um, the, the learnings from the other organizers we've spoken to uh, and also in my past experience is in order for us to actually do this well is we have uh, dedicated researchers in specific key areas where the, um, the company is very much invested into. So what that means is, uh, you know, we work out uh, how much effort and demand there is from one particular area. And we feel like if that area can support uh, this role uh, as a full-time researcher, we will try to push for that. Uh, the partnership means that we have someone dedicated in that space uh, for that uh, product, uh, product teams uh, to make sure they have someone um, to, to either manage ops uh, and then focus on strategic uh, discovery as well. So just to quickly summarize, um, there is a lot that we have learned in the past 12 months. So we've gone to a lot more uh, remote research um, and we've done definitely done less of uh, the lab work, but we still do that where we can. Um, we've standardized a lot more of the, the tools and methods to make sure that it's more consistent so that it can empower other uh, people that do research. Uh, although, what we found 12 months ago that research repos are, are rare, we still wanna make sure that we have a centralized place and we are actively working on repo ourselves. Um, governance is a full-time job. So operational uh, is key to make sure that the processes are paired with quality rituals. Um, mobile first research is on the rise. So make sure we drive uh, research priority to mobile experience first. Um, in order for us to make sure that we do the right research um, based on organizations priorities and making sure that we can grow through partnerships, we are actively aligned to um, those strategies of our org and making sure that we grow through partnerships. So these are the key takeaways uh, that we've um, that I've discovered before. But before I, I wanna uh, wrap up, I do wanna have last last piece of uh, thing that I wanna talk about is the Sebring Research Ops. Um, a strong vein I've talked about through governance, throughout the process, uh, through those activities has been about being more strategic, um, more consistent approach and enabling better research. So we've been actively trying to do this as best we can to make sure that we can align and prioritize and lift efforts to this. So uh, I'm also part of 
the research ops community as well. So these aren't new. These have been um, active things that we've been doing so that we can enable others to do better research, but also enable researchers to focus on their skill sets to have a better career path uh, in organizations like ourselves. So um, I think I might be throwing to uh, the questions soon, but I do want to lastly thank uh, Chris uh, and Dan, who are actively working with me on this presentation. Chris, unfortunately, couldn't uh, co-present with me on, on this one uh, as uh, we've changed formats, um, but, uh, and also Dan has helped with the presentation as well. And definitely last but not least, Rem and uh, Cam has been actively been part of this research uh, uh, presentation. Um, so I'm gonna throw it back to Steve um, and thank you for your time. Uh, we are definitely hiring as, uh, as I've put up there. Um, reach out to me if you can. Thank you, Benson. It's uh, quite a journey the organization's been on. And it's certainly um, interesting to see the sort of level of coordination and organization that's going on inside REA. That's great. I have a question before I ask um, from the, from the Q&A panel. I have a question, um, both Benjamin and you have talked about research repositories and collating research. Um, one of the challenges that we've seen quite a lot is around not just the collation of research so that it's in one place, but the aggregation of research so that we're building up a richer view of our customers over time. Can you talk to that at all? Um, I can't talk from an RA perspective because we're still building it, but in the past organizations that, that we've seen this work well, uh, is that it's so much more powerful. I think it talks to what Lisa talked about in numbers, uh, but also it talks to what Ben Crawl talked about in terms of um, um, the depth of the insights in terms of how we do synth as well, right? So the more synth that we do, uh, that we then make sense of the, uh, of the information we've collated, um, the aggregation almost amplifies um, through time. Um, I feel like the stronger the repository, and Thomas Sharon's talked about this in how he talked about his nuggets. Um, uh, I also want to reach out and, and make sure that we talk about, it isn't just core, it's both core and core as well, right, the mm -hmm. repository. So it's almost the, the way that repositories um, aggregate mixed methods. I, I feel like that's something that is so strong um, that we can also work with you know, data scientists um, in our teams. Uh, market research uh, teams. So, um, and I mentioned before, the insight teams I was referring to in REA is the market research team, analytics team, and data science. We've got, we're working, we're trying to actively work together. Uh, but in, the, in other organizations, they do work together in, a, in order to have a really robust uh, research repo. Hmm. I know uh, our colleague, Stephen Cox, who was at Westpac for many years, um, struggled to find a balance between having consolidated research um, that built up that kind of, that, that richer, more nuanced picture of their customer base over time, whilst at the same time balancing the fact that some of that research was 15 years old and needing to make sense of what should be kept and was still relevant, even though it might be old, versus what was you know, potentially out of date because it represented ways of being or ways of thinking that were no longer no longer currently um, applicable for their audience. I'm, I'm... Yeah, yeah. The, I, I would add to that in terms of um, 
what we're noticing in large uh, repositories is they have an active librarian um, to to manage and curate uh, yeah. and, and actually refresh uh, some of these um, you know, categorization or uh, aggregated insights. Uh, I feel like that is a full-time job, by the way. So if uh, you know, you talk to Bridget and others um, with yep. large repository for the government, uh, it's it's a team of librarians essentially. So it depends how big uh, your repository gets, but it is it will actually get more demanding of your time to actually manage that. We have a, a question from the audience around how did you update your recruitment approach? Where do you get a quality wider demographic panel from? Um, very good question. Um, obviously, we work with multiple um, uh, third-party panels uh, for our consumer audience. Um, uh, we feel the biggest challenge that we have uh, is um, getting access to our customers, which are property uh, agents, uh, uh, property managers, um, uh, principals that, that manage uh, those agencies, mm -hmm. um, and even even from a financial side, you know, mortgage brokers as well, right? So uh, they they're essentially we're essentially doing research from a B2B perspective. So, um, and you probably know from Mel's back, um, background as well, doing B2B is always um, case by case. So what, would, what, what I would say is that um, having strong relationships, which we, we've got based on our account team, we've got a really strong sales and account team. Mm -hmm. So working with them uh, actively is probably the best case because they know their customer better than we do. Uh, so we may ask a particular type of role for a particular type of experience in that particular context. Um, and most case, uh, most often than not, they might be able to identify them to us. But it is very challenging. Uh, uh, it's not easy. Hmm. Uh, we have a question from Kyle asking, have you ever had any issues with inexperienced colleagues doing their own research? Um, yes. Um, I, I, I feel like the, the, the quality of synth is, is a good one that I want to talk to. So uh, one of the reasons why I asked Ben <laughs> uh, the question when, when he was talking through it, how do you, how do you, you know, make sure you coach a designer that has um, you know, very small or short background in terms of uh, ways of doing research mm -hmm. and no time because their PMs are expecting that design to go into uh, and feeding engineers and to what Lisa talked about uh, to make sure that gets out the door in the next week. Um, we need to buy time. We need to actually share and build capacity for these researchers to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's advocacy. So the only thing I can do and to what Ben's saying, to what Lisa's saying is uh, make sure you fight for them for their time. Because first of all, they might want to do it. They just don't have the time to do it. Um, making sure they recognize the value for, to getting that right instead of just uh, make it a checkbox. Yep. We have another question here. Do you have any tips on how to categorize and tag research in huge, in huge repositories? Where do you start? Um, we're, we're actually looking into this right now. Uh, it starts with a taxonomy. Um, you, we've really got to agree with one taxonomy and stick to it. Mm -hmm. unless, unless something really, is really broken, don't, don't change it. Uh, We've uh, got a huge task at the moment trying to work out our taxonomy, um, but also uh, adjacently, we might, think, might want to think about taxonomy. So what are the language used in your industry, let alone your organization that people recognize, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So those two might, might inter, uh, or interrelate to, but also overlap. So you might want to think about those. Um, but yeah, I would say start from the ground up, what you understand to be true, test 
uh, your taxonomy uh, with your organization because if they're the ones using it, making sure it's actually accessible. So you research on research. Um, Abby Colvert wrote a book um, probably three years ago now called How to Make Sense of Any Mess, which is essentially um, a book about creating taxonomies. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's applied information architecture, um, for, for want of a better phrase, but it's, it's certainly an, an interesting um, entree into that challenge, um, and it can help. Uh, managing any kind of large data set is always challenging. And that, yeah. that initial architecture that you put in place can stay with you for a very long time. Um, you, you, you could start with your information architecture, by the way. So that could be a baseline because mm -hmm. that's what everyone knows, rightly or wrongly, by the way. So some architectures are flawed. Um, and be careful what you, you start with. But, um, but start, start there because then you have reasons why you, you're changing. That's great. All right, Benson, thank you very much has been a, a wonderful insight into what's going on um, and what has been going on at REA. Thank you very much for your time um, and we hope to see you again soon. Yeah, thanks, thanks Steve. And uh, definitely reach out to me. We are definitely hiring for a senior UX researcher. So um, reach out, we're growing our team.